what is up Steeler Nation it's your boy Daniel J back at you with another podcast on this beautiful Saturday day before the game tomorrow is it's game day tomorrow the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles the only team left in the NFL undefeated I'm your host Daniel J this is State of the Steelers where we ask some tough questions. And today, my question goes out to you guys. My question is, how thick are your black and gold black and gold goggles? I'll tell you what, mine are pretty thick, and today we're going to talk about it. So, um, <laughs> you know, first thing I want to talk about first is, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers fall to the Miami Dolphins 16-10 to 10 in a game that, Initially started out, I thought it was a repeat of Buffalo, to be honest with you guys. I was extremely worried. The the speed and the tempo in which Tua and the uh, Miami Dolphins came out in and and, and kind of just, you know, walked down the field, ran down the field, however you want to call it, just at ease at, you know, throughout the entire first quarter was uh was extremely concerning in the fact that the offense couldn't do anything couldn't muster up it was run run punt or run run pass punt um it was it was kind of the same old same old you know what i'm saying when it came to the offense um super you know um disappointing very disappointing in that first quarter um i think the turning point was it was a third down uh, i believe it was the second drive for the miami dolphins potentially third uh, and Aminka has like a huge breakup in the end zone ish area. And as the Miami dolphins are trying to go in for another score, you know, makes make force the Miami dolphins to kick a field goal. You know, after that, I think the Steelers kind of calm things down. They figured things out. Um, Mike Tomlin kind of alluded earlier in the press conference. It took some, it took a little bit to get adjusted to a left-handed quarterback and, and what they're able to do and how they work. And so it was um, it was super concerning. But, you know, the, the, the team fought back. I, I like their tenacity. They're willing to not quit and give up. And, and, and they ended up stopping the Dolphins from scoring in the second half. It was a high-powered, high-powered offense, especially with the wide receivers, with Waddle, with um, with Tyreek Hill. It was, uh, it was definitely a game that – it had its ups and downs, you know. Uh, one of the big differences in the game was the fact that it was a turnover battle. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers it turned it over. Kenny Pickett had, what, was three interceptions? You know, the first one, Claypool again just kind of doesn't, you know, I get it. You know, things happen. He bumped into his own legs or the the defender collided with him causing him to fall on the ground it's just this is a common thing with him you know i understand that those things are going to happen but it's you know a guy of his size and stature you'd think that you know somebody bumping into him isn't going to be enough to to put him on the ground but he goes through the ground and and, and the defensive back is able to locate the ball in the air and, and intercept kenny pickett uh, it's it wasn't good it wasn't good you know, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers had four opportunities to come up with interceptions, and they, you know, let all four of them slip through their fingers, so to speak. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, intercept one of those or, or two of them. You know, it's a completely different ball game here. 
completely different ball game. You know, but with that being said, I think the defense did enough, in my opinion, uh, stopping this high-powered o- offense and not allowing them to score in the second half and basically giving the offense every possession opportunity that they had to basically win the game. And the Steelers' offense wasn't able to to come up with a uh, with a score. It was a very it was it was very upsetting because the Steelers did have opportunities, especially in the uh, last couple of drives there, where they were able to move the ball down the field. However, a couple of Kenny Pickett interceptions ended the game. Now, Kenny Pickett's a rookie; he's going to have some growing pains, and and these things are going to happen. And it's upsetting and it's frustrating, but he's, these are learning experiences at the same time. You know, he had some flashes and some throws there that that indicate, to me at least, that he, he can potentially be a guy. You know, you look at that fourth down pass to Pat Fryermuth, and uh, I thought that was um, that was high quality NFL quarterback throw, and so. With that being said, those mistakes there at the end, they, they're they really bad. You can't make those mistakes. At this point, I believe um, Kenny Pickett's sitting at, like, what was it, like two touchdowns, seven interceptions, something like that. It's, it's, it's not good. I mean, now I'm talking about throwing touchdowns. Now, there's some context that goes behind that. Some of those interceptions, a lot of them, especially the first three of them, came off the hands of receivers. But, you know, decision-making is a question. Now, my biggest concern when it comes to Kenny Pickett, and, you know, I know Mike Tomlin doesn't seem to be concerned about it, but I am. And and that and I was concerned about it pre-draft, and it was the the hand size and the, and the two-glove thing. You know, in inclement weather, I was concerned that wearing two gloves, you know, that ball's going to get a little slick in, that, in those gloves. And when he's going to be driving the ball, there could be a potential for the ball not to, to come out right. And I think we saw that in Miami a couple of times. There was a couple of times when he was trying to drive the ball and the ball kind of came out funny. And one of them was intercepted. And so um, that's a concern that we got to keep an eye on. Uh I understand he played at Pitt, he played in the weather, he played in inclement weather, things of that nature. But college ball is slightly smaller. That's the first thing. And two, college ends a lot earlier than than the NFL does. And so um, this is something that the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and, and us as a fan base are going to have to keep an eye on, you know, to see if that's something that's going to that's going to end up being an issue. You know, I, I've yet to see him throw the ball deep down the field accurately. You know, he's had some a few ones here, you know, about 14, 15 yards down the field. But I, I haven't seen a go ball get, you know, come in, you know, 40, 35 yards down the field. It hasn't happened yet. I haven't uh, I haven't seen that. And so it would be nice to, to 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 see if that ends up happening in this game. You know, Chase Claypool and and a couple of the receivers after this game and throughout the week have alluded to getting more of those type of uh, balls thrown to them and. And, and, and being in those type of situations, kind of just pounding on and, and leading on to a bunch of a bunch of hate and, and a bunch of negativity that's directed towards the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And, and rightfully so. I think when you look at Canada and you look at what he's done throughout his, his tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers as the offensive coordinator, you know, the, the average points that he's putting out on the field is, is, 
that's under 20 points. And so that's not, that's not good enough, you know? And when you, when you go back and you listen to, um, if you, if you were to go back and listen to, or if you had listened to the, uh, let's ride podcast with Jeff Hartman on Monday on his winners and losers, I'll, I'll say this, Jeff, you had it right the first time. Matt Canada is a loser. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, uh, but you know, I don't think everything is his fault. I mean, you have to kind of look at, at things from, from a different perspective, you know, let's take these thick black and gold goggles off for a second and try to look at this from a different view. You know, he's got, he's got a, uh, quarterback that is a rookie quarterback. It's his first year in the NFL, first year in the offense with an offensive line with a bunch of new parts. Um, you're, I guess I want to say your most dependable receiver on the outside is a rookie as well. Um, you're tied in and your running back are in their second year. And so this is a very young offense that are barely learning the, the, this offense. And I actually, you know, I wrote an article and I'm not sure if it'll be out by the time this um, podcast airs, but it's titled, you know, Matt Canada, you know, the newest hated man in Pittsburgh, you know, after you know, earlier this season, I wrote Mason Rudolph being the most hated man in Pittsburgh. But in that article, I kind of touch on like a couple of things and, and I encourage you to go read it. Uh, but I touch on a few things kind of like. You got to you got to you got to kind of have to learn how to walk before you can run. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of folks are calling for different plays and they're calling for different different concepts and more complex complex of an offense and and more of an an imagination to the offense and, and the problem with that well, well there's not really a problem with it. it's good stuff and you want to have that the problem with that with this offense is they can't get the basics down yet you know you can't you can't run without learning how to walk you know these guys need to know the basics they need to know how to do certain things and you know, right now you have guys that are moving at the same time pre, pre-snap. You have guys running into each other in the middle of the field as far as receivers go with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. You have receivers that are dropping the ball. You have um, Chicks Corfor, who's every time there's a uh, RPO or a screen, finds himself illegally down the field. You know, these are things that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense aren't getting together right. And so, you know, I don't think the answer to that problem is to get more complex. I don't think the answer to that problem is to uh, add more to the playbook when they can't grasp the simple playbook that's there right now. Now, once the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, the their specialist and and their, you know, their the receivers and their running backs are um, are hitting the holes appropriately are are catching the balls, are in the position where they need to be. Um, and, you know, the quarterback is throwing the ball down the field. You know, there was a lot of complaints here that there wasn't enough go balls. But, I mean, you look at this year, Mitch Trubisky, you know, had, you know, he threw down the field more than any other quarterback um, while he was a starting QB. Kenny Pickett really hasn't done the same, but he's not shied away from you know past eight yards or so and so um 
if you go look at the all 22, there's routes and concepts that are going out there. You know, the one thing that I will say is there's a lot of repetition there. It does seem like the playbook is limited, but that could be a product of the fact that you have a first year quarterback here. Now you can also look like, all right, well, what was the, you know, the problem with Mr. Trubisky? He's not a first year quarterback. No, but he was a first year quarterback in the Matt Canada offense. And so you can't give him the entire playbook as well. Um, and last year, you had Ben Roethlisberger, who was his first time in the Matt Canada offense as well. And not to mention, Ben Roethlisberger is not a mobile guy. He's not going to be that. Um, he wasn't going to be the running option in the RPOs. And so, you know, that also limited the playbook. And so there's kind of a little bit of context here. You know, these are all growing pains. And I'm not sure there's an offensive coordinator that's going to be able to um, – not have these growing pains when you have so many different young guys and inexperienced uh, along key positions. And so I think we just got to wait out the storm guys. If we can wait out the storm and allow these guys to gel and get down the basics and then build off of that, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be fine. They got some key weapons on the outside. They got some young guys that in my opinion are going to be fantastic, fantastic weapons like in George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. I think that those two guys, plus Kenny Pickett, if, you know, he can, you know, in my opinion, if he shows me that he can throw in, 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 in weather and late, late in the season and that the arm strength and the hand size and the two gloves don't become an issue, you know, I think he makes – he's – I know this sounds a little bit contradictory when you say he makes, you know, pretty good decisions and – is very accurate with the ball when he's also thrown seven interceptions and and the last two were definitely not the best of decisions. But you know, he's a rookie. You're gonna have those rookie mistakes that come with it. And so I think he's flashed and um I think the Steelers are gonna be okay. They just gotta get through these growing pains. Now, you know, as far as the state of the Steelers where they stand, is the is the season over? Not yet. It's still pretty early. I mean it's going to be kind of difficult for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get into it. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to be a, you know, playoff team, but it can, you know, or a Super Bowl team, but maybe perhaps a, a team that can contend, a team that can get back to re- respectability, as Mike Tomlin says. Uh, you know, right now they're two and five tied for last place in the division with the Cleveland Browns. When you look at the schedule for the Browns, they got a very, very tough one. I mean, they still got about they still got to play the Bills, the Dolphins, the Ravens, Steelers again, us. and also they have to play the Bengals twice. Which well, the first game that they play against the Bengals will be this upcoming week. And, and the Bengals being four and three, you know, I hate going for the Browns or rooting for them, but if the Browns can get the upset here against the Bengals. And, and the Bengals stay four and four, and the Steelers can somehow upset the undefeated Eagles. I, I, you know, then you know the Steelers are not out of it. I know that the, the Ravens beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and their schedule is not the more, not the toughest down the road, to be honest with you. You know, they still have played the Steelers twice, um, but when you look at you know the remaining schedule, you they got the I believe they have the Bengals one more time, they got the Browns one more time. Um, you know, they got Broncos, Saints, Panthers, Jags that aren't aren't really looking as great as they started out. Um, it's going to be tough to keep up. The Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, are in a uh, situation where they're going to have to win and go three and five and still stay within two games of the Ravens. The Bengals, they, they still got a tough schedule down the road as well. You know, they got the 
They got the Browns this week. They got them twice. And they still have the Steelers again, who, you know, at the next time the Pittsburgh, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers, TJ Watt should be in the lineup. They have the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens. And so, you know, it's not over yet. I think the Ravens probably have the, you know, one of the easier schedules compared to the rest of this, the AFC North. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be one of those things where the Steelers are going to have to turn it around. They're going to have to turn it around quick. Um, you know, and it's not going to be easy. Their next challenge is uh, going into a place that the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't won, you know, a place that, you know, it was brought to my attention while watching, uh, I believe it was the, the, the preview that Ben Roethlisberger hadn't even scored a point in or a touchdown in in his career. I mean, and so that's that's insane. That's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's what we're going to be talking about when we come back. We're going to, you know, preview the uh, the upcoming game and the matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles um, and talk about keys to victory i think the steelers might be able to pull this out yeah my 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 black and gold goggles are are probably two yards thick i I don't care i think there's a chance i'll see you guys on the other side don't go away don't go anywhere be back in a minute Look at that. You made it to the other side. All right. Well, welcome back to State of the Steelers, where we're asking today, how thick are your black and gold goggles? And we're going to talk a little bit about how thick mine are and and what I'm seeing in this game and why I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers can can might be able to pull off the upset out in Philadelphia, a place that the Pittsburgh Steelers have not won in several, several decades. And so. Um, what makes me think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win? Well, we'll get into that first. Um, well, let's talk about some of these injuries that the Pittsburgh Steelers have and and how this is going to affect this upcoming game. So at the time of this recording, um, you know, you have Akilah Witherspoon who's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He hasn't been playing. He stated earlier this year or sorry, earlier this week that he, he's going to be he's been feeling good and he's going to be a go this week. You know, when you look at the uh, injury report, he's been a full participant. So I think he's finally um, over that um, that hamstring injury that has been, you know, sidelined him for the last week, few weeks. And so he's been a full participant. Steven Sims has also been dealing with a hamstring. He's been a full participant. Um, the one major concern or, you know, maybe maybe two concerns that I have is going to be Levi Wallace. He's been out with a shoulder injury. You know, if you guys remember, and one of those interceptions that the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't get was at the hands of Levi Wallace. You know, doing a dive, it was probably a little bit more tougher than what, you know, he's giving credit for as far as, you know, having the drop there. But, you know, he landed pretty tough on his shoulder. He hasn't been a participant. Um, I know that DeMont Casey has been medically cleared. There's a possibility, in my opinion, if Casey gets activated, that you might see Levi Wallace go into the IR with the shoulder injury, especially if it's serious enough. I think the Steelers have learned their lesson. 
They probably should have sent Akilah Weatherspoon, given the length of time that he's been out to the IR. They didn't. I think Levi Wallace might be a candidate in going there. Uh, but one of the other guys that I'm super concerned about who hasn't participated up to this point is going to be Larry O. Larry Ogunjobi. He's uh, not been participating with a knee injury that he suffered um, a couple weeks ago against Tampa Bay. I was I was at that game. He did return to that game, and um, you know he played last week as well. He's a huge piece, huge staple point in the middle there for the defense. Um, Cam Hayward, he's 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 turning into Cam. He's having more of a solid impact, in my opinion. You know, it's probably because he was dealing with some injuries early on, an ankle, an elbow. And he might be, you know, finally getting cleared. He didn't participate early there this week, but. That was due to rest, not due to an injury-related you know, situation. And so I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are finally getting healthy, especially on defense. I hope DeMonte Casey can make his appearance in this game. You know, and give the um, uh, Hurts and the Eagles a different look and look that they haven't seen this year. A look that the Pittsburgh Steelers look like they were going to be uh, doing quite often, and that's going to be a three-safety look with Minka, with uh, Terrell Edmonds and with with DeMonte Casey, you know, had not been for the wrist injury that he sustained during preseason. And so, you know, that that could be something to spark some concern or some confusion towards the uh, the Eagles. You know, one thing that um, and we'll get into it more into the keys of victory. But, you know, one thing that I've noticed when it comes to watching the Eagles is that they, they kind of have a little bit of trouble with the blitz. And so, you know, having a DeMonte Casey in there and having, you know, maybe himself or Edmonds pulling in a little, and a little bit more blitz work and, you know, having, you know, quality safeties back there that aren't going to get beat over the top um, is key. And it's going to be a huge plus for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, when you look at the offense of the Eagles and the way they run, you know, there's a lot of hate that goes towards Matt Canada because he likes to, uh, you know, it doesn't spread the field vertically. It's more like spreading the field horizontally. However, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles in the last few games, you know, I know early on uh, Hurts and the Eagles were throwing the ball down the field a lot further. But in the last few games, in the last three, uh, yards per pass attempt has gone down significantly. Um, they really use uh, – uh, it really looks like an offense that – well, well – the way I would describe it is the Eagles run an offense similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, they run it more efficient and are basically better at it. You know, there's a little bit of you know, the margin of error when you're methodically going down the field is small. You know, you can't get, you know, if you're unable or unwilling to get chunk plays or throw the ball down the field, um, you get penalties, you get, you know, a sack or, or any of those things, those can be drive killers. And so um, the Eagles, they've, they've um, been pretty efficient, and that's why this offense has worked for them. It's been a lot of uh, extension of the run, a lot of RPOs. You know, Jalen Hurts, they've been utilizing him quite a bit, uh, utilizing his legs and, you know, kind of picking your, your your poison or making you pick your poison, whether you're going to defend him, the running back, or the receivers, and they got some good ones. And so um, in this game, though, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can kind of confuse Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's not a guy that worries me. Um, 
and the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers run a similar offense in the, in, in the essence of getting the ball out quick, uh, methodically going down the field, I think that this Pittsburgh Steelers defense might be prepared for this Eagles offense. I'm more concerned about the Eagles defense versus the Steelers offense. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to they, – they, they can't be doing the same thing with the, with the turnovers. And so – and we'll get into that one also a little bit further in the keys of victory. But uh, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to prepare this defense for the Eagles. And, you know, when you look at the injury report for the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, there's one thing that I'm noticing. I'm noticing that there's a lot of players who are not injured, who are limited participants, who are resting. Now, the Steelers, I mean, the Eagles just came off of a bye week. So they just had a ton of rest. They just had a week off, and yet you have players that are still resting. This could be, you know, maybe perhaps a trap game for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I I feel that, you know, you look at, well, let's go through it. You have Josh Sweat. A limited participant on Wednesday and Thursday and Thursday, non-injury related. Darius Slay also resting in cornerback on both days. Um, Isaac Sumalo, who is their guard, he it's indicated not injury related, but he also does have an ankle on there. Their center, Jason Kelsey, has also been a limited participant for the entire, you know, for Wednesday and Thursday with uh, not injured. Um, Lane Johnson, their, their, their tackle, he's, he's in concussion protocol. He had, he was a full participant on Thursday. So there's a possibility that he'll be coming back. Um, uh, by the time you hear this, will probably be word. Um, you have guys like Landon Dickerson, who's, who's a rookie player who's also resting and a limited participant. You know, Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackle, he's also resting. A.J. Brown, also resting. Uh, it's 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 weird. It's weird. These guys are all resting. They're not injured. It's just they're resting, and they just had a bye week. I find that odd. I think that, in my opinion, these guys might take in the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit, a little bit easy here. They might be thinking this is a uh, a gimme game that they don't need to go one hundred percent. You know the Pittsburgh Steelers have a uh, pretty crappy record right now and have some pretty crappy stats when you look at the uh, the offensive totals and you look at uh, especially the quarterback stat line of Kenny Pickett. But that's without context. You know when you look at certain things, you know when you look at it from a different level. You look at you watch the games and you can see that. The Pittsburgh Steelers have flashed. You see that the Pittsburgh Steelers have moved the ball down the field. They've had some struggles getting it into the end zone. It's a young team. they got some growing pains. But they're getting better each week. And, you know, there are some guys on the outside that can hurt you, like George Pickens. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about Chase Claypool potentially getting traded. And, you know, if Pittsburgh Steelers lose this game tomorrow, if he hasn't gotten traded by the time you're hearing this, and there's a good chance he may. But, you know, as long as the Steelers are in contention, I don't think they're going to give up one of their weapons. I don't think they got anybody to fill in for them. And so, I mean, maybe Boykin, but, you know, you're going to be limited. The the fact that Calvin Austin, you know, is, uh, is going to be on IR for the rest of the year. It's slim pickings when it comes to the depth after Claypool there in the receiving group. 
So I don't think the Steelers do it unless there's an offer they just cannot refuse. But, you know, there's there's an opportunity here. I think that the Eagles are might be taking the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers lightly. And so with that said, let's talk about some keys to victory. You know, the first key to victory is going to be that the uh, Steelers cannot turn the ball over anymore like this. You know, the Steelers, you know, the turnover battle has been they've given it up way too much. You know, if it's not been for a few interceptions here and there, like, I mean, you look at at the at the Jets game, uh, those interceptions don't happen, you know, or at least one of those interceptions don't happen. You look at at uh, at this last game against the Dolphins. This this team could easily be. Four and three. You know what I'm saying? So the first thing that needs to happen is they need the Steelers need to protect the ball and take care of the ball a little bit more. That does not mean play scared. That does not mean, you know, stay away from uh, certain areas of the field um, because of the fact that you don't want to have a catastrophe happen. You have to play aggressive. The Steelers need to win this game. Uh, the Ravens winning going five and three in the division. Uh, and their schedule not being so light, there's no more room for error, in my opinion, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They need to win this game. And so they need to play aggressive, but at the same time, they need to protect the ball. While on defense, when they get their hands on the ball, they need to they need to come down with it. You know, those interceptions that the Pittsburgh Steelers dropped in, in Miami, you know, I don't like the narrative and I don't agree with the narrative that the defense messed it up because they dropped the dropped the interceptions. It's, I think that's a cop out and that's that's just you know using the defense as an uh, an escape goat for the offense's lackluster design play and execution. And so with that being said, the Pittsburgh Steelers need to turn the ball, get the ball when 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 Hertz throws the ball up in the air and there's an opportunity to get your hands on it, you got to come down with it. Give your offense some short fields. Give your offense some confidence. Let them build it up because at the end of the day, the offense is the poor side of the team. It's the it's holding back this team from being a potential contender. And so defense needs to give them a little bit more opportunities. Um, also, the Steelers offense, you know, you're going to have to get the rushing game going. You know, the the Eagles aren't the best game against, you know, aren't the best defense, don't have the best defense when it comes to defending the run. If there's one weakness they have, it is in the uh, rushing department. And so Najee Harris is going to have to have himself a game. You know, he's going to have to have himself 85 yards or more uh, and control this game. The Steelers are going to have to um, – Run it and run it correctly. I mean, you know, it's not about our, you know, run, run, pass. It's about when you run it, how you run it, and 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 using your the strengths of your players. I mean, you have a guy, Najee Harris, who's already, you know, maybe challenged a little bit when it comes to the speed portion of his game, and and you you're wanting to run, you know, outside. It doesn't make any sense. You know, he's a power back. Let's get him down the middle. Let's let's keep him within inside of the tackles. You know, and I mean, I get it. You don't want to become a um, a team that's like, oh, you know, Najee, when he comes into the game, he's only running up the middle. But that's he, he doesn't have the speed or the burst or the uh, the ability to take it to the outside and win these matchups. And so, in my opinion, you got to scrap that. 
but you also got to be able to, you know, run successfully, use, not be so predictable and, and use the run in, in proper moments. And when, when defenses start to creep up and start, you know, um, honing in on Najee, that's when you hit them with the play action pass, you know, it's, it's, it's fundamental stuff, but you know, stuff that the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't doing right now. Now, when the Eagles have the ball, they're going to have to stop hurts. He's, he he does a lot of RPOs. He runs the ball a lot. Anytime it's a short distance, you can see a you know quarterback sneak, and they like to use their running backs and their receivers to get behind them and push them. And they do a fairly good job doing so. And so the main focus is stopping Hurts, uh, pressure these receivers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can. Um, I'm not too concerned about a mobile quarterback. The Pittsburgh Steelers face probably the best mobile quarterback in the in the league uh, twice a year. And so I'm not too concerned about that aspect of the game. I think that the Steelers are going to be able to um, hold the Eagles offense down to, you know, a respectable amount of points. And it's going to be up to the Steelers offense to convert, especially when they get into the red zone. That's been one of their biggest issues is when they get into the red zone here recently, it's been too many, you know, field goals or, or no points on the board versus touchdowns. The Steelers need to get into the end zone. They need to put six on the board when they get into the money zone. It needs to happen. And so, you know, those are what are my keys of the game. You have to stop hurts. You got to you got to implement the rushing game, and you got to win the turnover battle. So if the Pittsburgh Steelers can do those things, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win. My prediction for this game is the Steelers winning 20 to 13. Yeah. I said it. My black and gold goggles are thick. Let me know how thick you guys, your yours are. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'm at State of Steelers. You can find me there. Um, hit me up there. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys' record prediction is. Hit me up. Don't forget to check out all the other podcasts that are on Behind the Steel Curtain and also the YouTube and don't forget the website where you can get to the most up-to-date news and perspective and Steelers coverage. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, hopefully tomorrow the Pittsburgh Steelers can move up to 3-5 and five and, and another game closer to um, being respectable. But with that being said, guys, I'm Daniel J. It's behind the Steel Curtain, State of the Steelers. Peace. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.